Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. We are back with another episode of the Squared Away Podcast. Episode 132. Can you believe that? 132 at least hours of our ridiculous voices online. 132. I, uh, how's your week been, man? Hey, it's been all right. I'm just, uh, you know, adjusting my life to getting old. Oh, tell us about that. That doesn't sound great. Oh, gosh. Didn't, did I talk last week at all about... I think so. you told everybody a little bit about having some back issues, but I don't think you got into, like, what that really entails. Oh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, 51 years old, and... Got a herniated disc on my L3, and then my L4 and 5 are, they look like little, uh, little tiny communion wafers. So, um, it's just wear and tear, and kind of like parts on a car, right? You have shock absorbers, you only got so much left in those little things, and, you know, problem is with the human body, you can't replace them. You can only, uh, 
brace them, but there's, there's some different treatments that, you know, I'm able to do to try to regenerate, um, and recover so that I don't have to go into under the knife, but I have to change some things that I do in the gym. So just, yeah, less impact and no, you know, massive weights, let's say like, uh, deadlifts. I mean, I can deadlift cause it's awesome functional exercise. I just can't really be going above body weight or they said really max a uh, body weight and a half they said okay. anything above that it's like well do you really is there an upside to it so i'm like oh no but it looks really cool well so, yeah that's it's it's controlling of the ego right yeah so i've been yeah changing my uh, workouts a little more giving myself a couple of days a week now to rest instead of just plowing through it you know six days because i'm starting to get you know even swollen joints knees and stuff so i'm just Spending a little more focus on recovery and still working on my sleep, man. It's just this whoop is kicking my ass. Somehow it just does not like how I sleep for some reason. Well, so I will, do, do you see the like needed sleep compared to the sleep that you've got? Have you seen that chart on there? Yeah, there's no way. I'd be in bed like 24-7. Like last night it told me I should have been in bed for like 10 plus hours. I'm like, I didn't set my alarm for the last two days. I just let myself sleep. So I will say that it is very, very, very dominant on the quantity of the sleep that you get. It does depend on the quality, but it is very dominated by the quantity of the sleep that you get. So um, just trying to get more depending on where that is, even if it's just a nap during the middle of the day and you do, you know, if you, if you're going by the whoop, then you have to mark it as a nap, right? Yeah. Otherwise it doesn't know that you slapped it, thought you were just being lazy. Um, but I will tell you that like allowing yourself to try to get more sleep, um, while that's not, it doesn't, it seems counterproductive, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh, more sleep, but then less time to get shit done. But when it directly correlates with a lot of your other recovery scores, like your HRV and stuff like that, it's not counterintuitive because the more sleep that you're getting, the more repaired your body is. And if you are dealing with things like sore joints, um, inflamed wounds, stuff like that, your body needs the extra time to try to go in there and repair whatever damage is causing you the issue. Yeah, I'll definitely agree there. And then add that on top of diet. It's um, just learning to eat a little more or eating less inflammatory foods. That seems to flare things up. But, you know, if, if I'm on a roll with decent sleep, good diet, and uh, watching what I'm doing at the gym, and still I'm still able to yeah, be able to push hard and be intense. Um, it's just being smarter about it. Have you found any foods that you thought were would not be inflammatory that are turning out to be inflammatory? Um, anything that surprised I you? I don't think anything has surprised me. The the biggest thing is even, you know, I try to stay gluten free and or you know limit it. And if I do get bread like at a restaurant, I'll get like sourdough. And but even just like a couple uh, slices of sourdough toast for like a, at a breakfast place, boom, would just set me back a couple days, which is just crazy. But that's about it. The rest is, has been okay. Yeah. And I will say that it is, it's, it's easy to be on a really good kick 
with your diet and keeping the pro-inflammatory foods at bay and then one slip up and your body feels it more than you ever did if you were eating that shit regularly. Yeah. Sometimes it can kick your ass for like almost a week. Yeah. But, um, you know, just for our listeners, it's, we're heading into a tough season right now. I mean, it's this holiday season, you know, you got pumpkin spice, everything going on and it's, it's up here, it's getting cold. So it's easy to, you know what, hit that coffee shop, get a little pastry and a nice hot coffee or hot you know one of those fancy drinks but man it's gonna take a lot of discipline next couple months or something yeah and just and, you know part of it is is like you still have to live life moderation right right what's the saying like moderation even in, with everything even moderation yeah. right is that yeah <clears throat> depending on percentage right some people say it's like what 80 20 some is 85 15 yeah either way like the thing is is just if you're going to, if you're going to go out and you're going to have, you know, pizza or you're going to have dessert or you're going to go to a, you know, family function and you know, your aunt makes that Butterfinger dessert that you love so much, you know, you're going to have it. Like just realize, like, make sure you're enjoying it. Make sure you're being mindful in the moment that you're eating it so that you are actually getting the, the benefits out of eating it versus just sucking it down your pie hole and then having to feel like shit for a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. And there are alternatives out there. Cause, uh, you know, I have to admit, last week I had this massive craving for, uh, you know, those fruit crisp bars. Fruit crisp. Oh, like. Like, a, you know, strawberry rhubarb. Yeah. Yep, bar yep, or something. Yep. It's got like a crusty on the bottom yep. and then it's got the crumbles on top. And I was like, you know what? I had this, the craving was like bad for three days. So finally I just, uh, I went to Woodman's, which is our, you know, big warehouse grocery shopping store and walked over to the, um, you know, gluten-free natural health aisle and i found the it was like this container of a by paleo mama bakery give them some props um of like there's three of these like strawberry rhubarb bars in there problem is it's like you know getting ten dollars for that but you know people do that all the time when they go to what starbucks and you know drop seven to ten and changes for a cup of coffee so i figured eh, treat i'm gonna have the i'm gonna have the wife make you an apple pie she makes this gluten-free apple pie with the apple crisp crumble on top. Oh, is it, it crumbly and crunchy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, you'll be amazed. I, I actually just text her. I'm like, make Martin an apple pie. Oh, but, Dutch uh, apple pie, man. That's my weakness. Well, there you go. See? <laughs> um, so speaking of getting into the season and, and, and trends and stuff, we're starting to get a little bit colder. And, and where, this, where this idea for today's podcast came from is we were walking around a a local store. First of all, I we were at Target, right? J Target, and we know how you know woke Target is, right? Yeah. The book that was their choice of the month. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, was late. The the title of the book was "Democrats Hate You," and it was a book about basically the bastardation of the American people by the Democratic Party. And I was like, "How is this at Target? Like, how is this a thing at Target that is legitimately like on their their choice of the month um but anyway so we're walking on target and have you seen this this new trend to wear a fanny pack as a purse fanny pack as a purse yeah wear a fanny pack but you wear it over your shoulder crossways like a purse yeah i got one of those it's like the fucking hottest thing and i'm like this is (laughs) stupid oh it's functional though that's what i like about it so hold on you're a dude right so you can like for you it's like it's your way of wearing a purse without wearing a purse like i get it but it's mostly chicks who could wear purses Chicks are doing the shoulder yes. bag thing? Yes. Oh. 
Oh, because it's stylish? Yes. It's oh. trendy. So that's where the idea for this podcast came from. Is like, what, what is a trend? Well, a trend is, is doing something for other people to think you're cool or to fit in with other people and not necessarily being true to yourself. So that's how I, how I got into this whole like breakdown of like today's podcast episode really is just how to be truer to yourself. Uh, and that's where the idea of this came from. So like I broke down, right. So we have, we have fashion trends. Um, we have social media. We have, God, these notes are long. We have career choices. We have relationships, personal relationships. We have lifestyle choices. And then we have political beliefs, beliefs, educational choices, consumerism, self-image, parenting styles, and cultural and religious beliefs. Now, the last five, I didn't even get into the notes for because we're going to be fucking way long on this first episode of this anyways. But I broke each of them down to kind of the psychology behind the idea of doing something for this specific topic that is not necessarily true to yourself and then how to recognize and improve if, if this is something that you, you know that you fall uh, victim to, right? So first we'll start off with fashion trends. And fashion trends can also often lead people to wear clothing or accessories that are popular at the moment, even if they may not necessarily reflect their personal taste or preference. I think part of the thing here is a lot of people don't actually have a personal preference. Their entire life is just trendy, right? They don't even know their personal style. They just follow whatever trend is the next year. Exactly. So the the psychology behind being, you know, fashion trends and, and you guys, I know a majority of the guys that sit here and listen to this are going to be like, well, I don't need to listen to this. I'm not, fa- I'm not trendy fashion. Motherfucker, if you own a grunt style t-shirt, you're a trendy bitch. Right? Yeah, that, like, isn't, that definitely is another trend, yeah. So it, you don't sit here and think that you are, uh, you, you're, you're not falling victim to, to being trendy because just because you're not wearing Lululemon or North Face doesn't mean that you're not a trendy bitch, right? Yeah. Hey, for, for a lot of listeners, too, that are in our demographic, um, I, I used to wear a fanny pack and I was like ecstatic when I saw them come back as like shoulder bags. You right. know why? Because this is the greatest advantage for concealed carry. I love it because it's uh, when I'm wearing gym clothes, boom, I throw that shoulder bag in and I got my uh, CCW in there and boom, perfect, trendy, and nobody knows what you got in there. That's a good point. Now nobody looks at you funny. Yep. They're not like, look at this dude wearing this purse. They're like, oh, look at this trendy dude. Yeah. Maybe. Look at this giant Asian trendy man. Yeah, I'm trying to be concealed. With your skinny <clears throat> with your skinny joggers on <laughs> and your on clouds, which uh, I wear. I'm victim to, but I wore them before they were fucking trendy. So shut up. Yeah, you got mine before you, man. Come you on. did. You did. You're you're where I saw them and tried them on. And I was like, oh, these are fucking comfortable. Yeah. I think that's what I do is I like, oh, what are these? Boom. Like, wow. These are like being on a cloud. Yep. Cha ching. Um so the psychology behind fashion trends first is social influence, which we all understand. Humans are social creatures. Our desire to fit in and belong to a group is a powerful motivator that, you know, here's, here's our tribalism, right? You want to, you yeah. want to, you want to be part of what's the, the big tribe is, be what the big group is. And when people see others, 
they that especially others that they admire or look up to. And here's a little bit of an issue: who do we admire and look up to as uh, as humans today? Well, it's it's flawed individuals like athletes and Hollywood elite, right? Yeah. It's it's a weird it's a weird situation. We don't look up to necessarily the the type of people that that align with our personal values. Yeah. We look up to people that are just kind of fucked up. I mean, and they're not all fucked up. Like I, I, it's not like because if you're a Hollywood actor, you're jacked up. It's just you know if you took the average you know, I guess mental capacity or debauchery capacity of a of a Hollywood elite, it's going to be much higher than the average you know, Wisconsin native. Yeah, and I see athletes right now trying to promote like different uh, clothing brands, trying to create a trend. But um, there's a one athlete that I follow wears a lot of what's called the gallery department. Never and, heard of it. Uh, if you ever, it's it's literally. I mean, you could probably just go to um, a clothing supplier, buy a hoodie, and just type the the word gallery with department underneath, and boom, be like in the crowd. But oh, so it's like Supreme. It's yeah, it's like Supreme. It's like uh, Essential, which is another one that just uh, came out that athletes are trying to push. And these these hoodies are like two to three hundred dollars for a hoodie, which is literally just the you can make it yourself. Just the right font and print it on a hoodie, you'll be boom in that little tribe. Well, and that, and that's one of the things that comes with with fashion trends, right? Is the reason that these people start wearing this stuff is to uh, peacock that they're wealthy, right? Yeah. Well, that is completely null and void when you have people who can't pay their fucking bills and they're putting $5 worth of gas in their car by the quarters, but they're wearing a Supreme or a gallery or a whatever shirt. You, you are no longer um, peacocking your wealth. You're literally just, sh- you know, starting a trend that everybody else can follow. Yeah. And I think that's what people don't necessarily understand with, with a lot of with a lot of trends is um the reason that the people that you idolize get into these things, sometimes it's because it's an actual good quality thing, right? Like the fucking on cloud shoes. Like the reason yeah. that the reason that I wear those is because they're comfortable as shit. You know? Yeah. Um nobles were that way too. Now they're creating all these jacked up uh looking shoes. I don't know what's up with that. Well, I think what the yeah. Not to get too off the topic, but I think what Noble is trying to do is to try to create shoes that um, are good for other things, yeah. right? They're trying to make, you know, because they, they have a cross trainer. They have their main cross trainer. But then they're also trying to make a running shoe, and they're trying to make a casual shoe, and they're trying to, they're trying to set themselves apart from the average shoe company. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. I mean, most companies start that way, like Under Armour. They they started out making some great product, and now basically a lot of their products are just shit. Well, even uh, even alcohol companies, right? That that's the big thing to do now. If you're a, if you're a celebrity, especially you know a top a, a what do they call it an A list celebrity, if yeah, you're like the top of the top of celebrities. If you're an A list celebrity, the thing to do now is to is to build a an alcohol brand. You know, it started with it really started and got popular with Clooney um creating casamigos and selling it for a billion dollars and there's been a few different companies that have been started prior to Clooney. Jimmy Buffett's done it a few times um or was Jimmy Buffett or Kenny, Ch- Kenny Chesney? I don't know. Um Sammy Hagar did it with Cabo Wabo. Um you know, those are the really early adopters, but the ones that are really pushing um the fact that it's happening, you know, that that it happened now is like uh 
is, is, is the rock and some rappers and stuff like that. But what, what, what you guys don't understand as consumers is, is there's a certain margin that, uh, that a liquor company is going to make for creating a product. And let's use the rocks, the rocks tequila as an example, right? So they're going to harvest those agave pinas. They are going to create that tequila. They're going to have to pay tax on that tequila to sell it in the United States. They got to pay for a bottle. They got to pay for marketing. They got to pay for a label. They have to pay for distribution. They have to pay to get it into the store, right? Well, if I have a, you know, a, a tequila brand that I create that is a, you know, a good quality tequila that I put on the shelf, but I don't have to pay any celebrity, let's say it's going to be $29.99 for that tequila. The minute I have to pay the rock to be a part of that brand or the rock is going to collect um, because he owns that brand, that $29.99 goes to $39.99 or $49.99 or $34.99 or whatever, wherever that is, whatever their margin that they're taking. So you're literally just paying for that celebrity to become more wealthy just because you want to drink the thing that they think is cool. Thanks. That's all you're doing. Um, that's just basically like a celebrity promoting like fireball or something. It's a little bit, but like with a celebrity promotion, it really is just part of their marketing spend for the brand. I mean, everything has a marketing spend that goes into that cost of what's in that bottle. But when it's a, when it's a, a, a product like, like the rocks tequila or Kylie Jenner's tequila or, or whatever you want to go. Um, when they are a part owner of that, they're getting a lot bigger percentage than just the marketing spend. The quality of the product. Definitely not up to par, right? I mean, the thing is the quality for the dollar, you know, that's what I'm trying to explain is like the quality to the dollar. You could get that same exact quality product if they're not paying the rock for cheaper. It's not necessarily that it's not good quality. It's just you part of what you're buying that bottle for is going into their pocket. Yeah. Dang. Um, next on the list is identity and self-expression. You know, fashion is a, is a, is a means of self-expression, but if you're wearing something just because somebody else says it's cool or just because it's trendy, is it necessarily expressing who you are? Not really, unless you're just trying to express that you're a trendy bitch. Um, conspicuous consumption. This one is, uh, is a, is a big issue today and it has been an issue in humankind for, you know, millennia. Um, still working on that, whether it's going to be a podcast idea or a book idea, but that whole, um, the gluttonous demise to, to empires, Hmm. because I'm not, as I'm digging deeper into, into that detail, it's not necessarily that greed and gluttony is what destroys empires. It's just the greed and gluttony that comes along with the growth of an empire that ends up contributing to its demise. Um, you know, things like things like the, the, the Roman empire had, um, these banquets for the Roman elites where they would consume so much food and sex and alcohol. And it was all done on the backs of slaves to the point that they would, uh, the emperors and the elites would have like an entire week afterwards where they would have to recover and they would have all these recovery beverages that, that got them back to normal where they could even perform. And if you are, um, if you're exploiting your body that much just to, you know, just because you can, then what else are you doing to get to that point? I think that's, that's one of the things that I'm trying to build with this podcast idea or this book idea is like the minute that the minute that the greed is pushing you towards these 
banquets and towards this gluttony and towards this greed, what are you giving up on? And it's, it's the people, it's the, it's the, the class that you're ruling. It's the, what's best for the people under you, you know? Yeah. Um, so conspicuous assumption, uh, in some cases people use fashion trends to display their social and economic status. Conspicuous consumption is a term coined by economics, Thorsten Valbin, which suggests Veblen, sorry, which suggests that individuals use luxury or trendy items to signal their wealth or social standing. So right there is, is what we were just talking about. Um, nostalgia, nostalgic appeal, whatever, not a big deal. Psychological comfort. Yeah, psychological comfort. People are often drawn to fashion trends that make them feel comfortable and confident. This can include wearing styles that are currently popular, widely accepted, and reduces the fear of standing out or being judged negatively. Um, this is a big one that comes with a lack of or low self-confidence. You need to purchase things that make people think you're cool because you're not actually very cool. Well, what is cool? Cool is bringing something to the table, whether it be intelligence or know-how or your comedy, your fun, your personality, your ability to help people, whatever these things are, right? We talk about competence comes from competence. And if you are incompetent and don't bring much to the table, you're going to need to purchase cars and watches and clothes and houses just so that people don't judge you negatively because your depth is not there. Right. We've talked about that one a lot. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a horse we could, you know, we could probably just keep beating over and over and over again, but the, the deeper and the the more complex you get with your ability and the more confidence you find, the less you're going to try to just, wear shit and do shit just so people think you're cool. Um, FOMO, the fear of missing out, man. You ever know, you you know, your dog's getting a little older, but when your dog was young, did your dog have the fear of missing out? (laughs) I think so. My dog's got FOMO like nobody's business. So yesterday (laughs) we were in three different sections of the house. Yeah. I was outside. um, My daughter was inside. And then my wife was kind of between upstairs, downstairs and outside. And the dog could not sit still. He needed to keep checking what everybody was doing because he had the fear of missing out on something that was going on. Um, that's a little bit different than the, than the fear of missing out in relation to being a trendy bitch. But the fear of missing out is a psychological phenomenon where people feel compelled to participate in activities or trends to avoid, avoid being left out. This can drive individuals to follow trends fashion trends to ensure they are not excluded from a particular social or cultural group. Um, I don't necessarily know if this is as relevant to our audience with the fear of missing out, um, but it might be a little bit. Cognitive dissonance occurs when there is a disconnect between one's beliefs or self-imagery and their actions. When individuals perceive a discrepancy between their self-identity and their current style, they may adopt a fashion to reduce the cognitive dissonance, um, con- oh. consumerism and marketing. We all understand what that is. Um, peer approval. I think the peer approval is almost the one that's most relevant to our, um, our audience. Don't yeah. you think? You can see that definitely. Well, even from kids to adults, just it seems like a never anything. Is that attributed to self-confidence? Probably. Yeah, probably. Honestly. Um, recognize and reduce your bitchy trendiness, um, self-reflection. We talk about that one all the time. Take time to reflect on your personal style, your preferences, your values. 
um, are you in, are you in line with what you are, um, putting on your body every day with what you're basically saying to everyone silently when you walk in a room, is that in line with your personal values? Um, define your style, you know, are, are you a trendy bitch? If you are just a trendy bitch and you're just going to wear whatever the cool thing is, then I guess that's, that's kind of your style. But other than that, are you, you know, are you more inclined towards classic minimalist, all these different types of style? You know, for me, really it's, it's jeans, uh, usually a blank t-shirt or a t-shirt with very little on it. And then, you know, some sort of overshirt, a hoodie, a flannel, something like that. And that's, that's like my go-to all the time, you know? Yeah. Are you, are you into athleisure wear? You know, Martin's a big athleisure guy. He yeah, always is comfortable. 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 I don't have to get all fancy and, you know, restrictive. I don't like that. Restrictive. My jeans got a little stretch yeah. in them. I could face kick somebody if I needed to. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd hurt, I'd hurt for a week after I did it, but my jeans would not stop me. My yeah. hip, my hip mobility would stop me. I mean, um, I think my style is probably the worst. On on weekends, so if I go to a restaurant like last night, I still have my uh, um, Danners, my my combat boots. I just I, I like wearing. I'll throw on a ratty pair of jeans and I just leave my boots untied and I throw them on. So I probably look like somebody from the eighties. It's a, a shitty hoodie, or you look like you're in the hood. They all wear their shoes untied and shit. Oh. I never understood that. Right, like you. Like the the gangster look, right? Yeah. You got your shoes untied, you got your pants halfway down. Like I get it. Like you think that looks cool, but man, like if I was if I was partaking in criminal activity, I would be the most <laughs> athletic looking oh. motherfucker because I would be ready to run from the fucking cops or fight somebody for my oh. stash at any time. You know <laughs> I, what I mean? I'd I, have I, shoes I, laced up. I'd have a fucking tracksuit on. I'd always be warmed up oh. and stretched out. I, I told you uh, the story once, uh, East Town Mall, right? Or, no. Um, one time I think I was there meeting to pick up my youngest when he was little and I was in the food court and there was a, a foot locker that was right next to the, the food court and there's just a ton of people in there. It was a Friday night cause we're doing the exchange and then Austin is, uh, this kid, you know, I don't, I don't want to call him a gangster, but he's got basically pants down. Right. Yep. And baggy clothes and everything. And he's running out of foot locker. So looks like he did the thing where he must have tried the shoes on. Oh, yep. And boom, did the run. And I could see the the Foot Locker dude comes out and doesn't do anything. And this guy's running through the food court, one hand holding his pants up, and he must have the box with like his old shoes. Ah, yep. Screaming through it, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So it didn't take much. I just basically had a right angle on him, and I got him down right before he got to the front doors until. You know, mall cop, you know, dude shows up, which was just a kid, too. I didn't know what the heck he was doing. And I had to tell the guy, I'm like, dude, you're not even functional. It's like your pants are halfway down. If you would have just buttoned up your pants, you could have got full stride and got been out of here. <laughs> what did he say? He just, like, looked at me, like, and, you know, was just terrified because I don't think he thought he was going to get caught. But I'm just like, this is too easy. I'm not going to let this, just watch this guy go out the door. I just can't. It's not in me to just watch something happen. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's always stuck in my head. And it's like, why the hell do these gangsters dress non-functionally? Right. You know? Like, that's what I'm saying. I would, I would want to fit in. I wouldn't want to stand out. Yeah. Right. Like I wouldn't drive the, I wouldn't drive the, the big SUV with the fucking 24s on. I'd drive a minivan. Yeah. If I was doing illegal shit, I would drive a minivan <laughs> all the time. 
it's like yeah why do you why do you think the police are watching you when you're like driving these flashy vehicles with you know banging out fuck the police (laughs) and music right i would look like the most i would look like the most obscure soccer dad ever just delivering my meth to wherever i'm taking it like you just slide that back door open yeah so it'd look like, like the it'd look like nerd, the old, right? Yeah, it would look like the old guys in Central Park when they open their trench coat and they got all the watches and shit. That I'd slide that back door open <laughs> and there'd be a whole like candy store of drugs, and I'd be like, "What do you want? I got it." Yeah. So if any of you gangsters are you know listening, you need to be more tactical. So right now you're going the opposite direction. Gangs- Doesn't make sense. Gangsters listening. Tactical gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, analyze your motivations. Um, why, why do you wear what you wear? Why do you pick what you wear? And this one is weird because you need to be, um, true to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Cause I know a lot of people that would wear a, you know, they'll wear a, a big grunt style t-shirt with the biggest lettering on it. And they'd be like, no, I just like it. But do you, do you? Yeah. You're, you're making a statement. Yeah. You're trying to make a statement. Um, Prioritize comfort. I would say comfort and quality. I would prioritize. Um, I'm a I'm a big purchaser of quality. When I find a you know a pair of shoes, a pair of jeans, um, even some shirts. Like I had somebody reach out to me today. They were one of the earliest or, or this week. They were yeah. one of the earliest purchasers of an Urban Savage T-shirt mm-hmm. and uh, still wears it every single week. For you know this is well, it's 2023, so this is going on five years, yeah. six years. And that he's, I was like, yeah, they fucking last, don't they? I was like, I, I have the problem of like, uh, of GE did with all their early on electronics. You didn't need to replace them because they were great. You know, like yeah. I still have the same fucking alarm clock I had from when I was 14. <laughs> and the thing works great every time. Yeah. No, um, it's true. But that's why I love, that's why I love these shirts. It's not because the fucking designs are so beautiful and glorious that they make me feel so cool to wear them. Like, they fit great and yeah. they last for fucking ever. And they still, la- they still fit just as good today as they did when, you know, I made them in 2017. Yeah. Oh, that's why, uh, gosh, I still remember when life was simpler and I was just a broke ass you know, college student. And, um, the biggest thing for me was you can go to a department store back then. There was, have you ever heard of the store Pomida? I remember Pomida. We had a Pomida in Reedsburg where oh, really? I grew up. Oh, fuck yeah. E-A-M-I-D-A. Basically, it was like the, I don't know, what do you call it? Like Shopco. Poor man's target. It was like Shopco. Shopco. You could walk in, and the greatest thing about being a college student and being a dude that had no fashion sense is you can go to the undershirt aisle, and you can buy a three-pack of V-necks, three different colors, for like five bucks. Yep. Boom. That lasts a whole year. That's a good, that's a good call. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of just solid color t-shirts. That's why I made the date night tee because it was just these oh, t-shirts yeah. with nothing on them, you yeah. know, um, avoid impulse buys, man. We're, we, we all fall, we all fall prey to, to impulse purchases. I, I know we do, you know, you're, you're scrolling social media and you see that thing that pops up and you're like, fuck yes, <laughs> dude, of course I need something to be able to stamp pictures on my ice balls before I put them in my whiskey. Duh. Who doesn't need that? And then it shows up like a week later and you're like, that was fucking dumb, you know, oh. or, uh, I, I love these, I love these Facebook ads for these personalized, um, sweatshirts and t-shirts where it's like my, my, my brother's 
mother-in-law is notorious for fucking falling for these things and purchasing them. And so is my father-in-law. Yeah. But have you seen the one where it's like, God said to prepare for the storm and I was born in July. I am the storm. Like, have you seen no, those? Really? No, oh, I haven't seen that. Fuck, dude. I, dude he, I, the reason I know about that specific shirt is because my father-in-law purchased two of those, one for him and one for his daughter who was born in July. <laughs> Right oh, or like I've never seen those ads. Or like my brother's my brother's mother in law. She, uh, you know, concrete worker's wife. We know what struggle the boys go through, so we take care of them when they get home or whatever the fucking yeah. douchey fucking. I love those. Love, yeah. love, love them because they're so easy to make fun of. No, I don't get those. I don't. I don't even get the whiskey ice. I just get the. I'm on the hunt right now. If anybody can help, uh, for athletic fit flannels. Not the ones that are like, you know, for size 48 waist with, you know, extra large shoulders. Athletic fit flannels. Anybody know anything about that? That's a good point because the only one that I've ever found that fit really well was from Duluth Trading Company and the sleeves were too short. Oh, really? Yeah. Because your shoulders are bigger, right? Yep. The shoulders were bigger. It was thinner. It was thinner in the waist. It was a great shirt, but the shoulders were too short. I have to roll up the sleeves or the sleeves are too short. I have to roll up the sleeves every time I put the motherfucker on. Yeah. Uh, we might have just come up with a great fucking idea, Martin. Athletic fit flannel. Athletic fit flannels. Flannels are in right now. We can capitalize on the trend. Being fit is in right now. Capitalize on that trend. Yeah. Fuck. Let's do it. Could you reach out to somebody on Alibaba and have them send us some samples? Alibaba? Oh, shit. I don't know, dude. Anything that comes from uh, China. Are we going to make like... them here? That's going to be a really expensive shirt. I know, but do you know any uh, anything on Alibaba that makes decent clothes for athletic fit folks? No. Not at all. You think everybody's like five foot tall over there. Yeah. Well, then we're going to have to have them made here. Yeah. That's going to get expensive. These shirts are going to be 60 bucks minimum. Yep. Slap her name on there, squared away, and it'll be $200. Squared away flannel. Yeah, because we got to take care of our celebrities. (laughs) We got to pay for our celebrity status. status. I really like, I was thinking about this yesterday, like flannels. I like, I'm old school, right? I like the old two color big block flannels. Not these fucking seven color a bunch of little different pattern flannels that almost are getting to the point where they look like plaid. You know what I mean? Oh, like just give me the old sure, big square that, flannels. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just like the regular cause they're just warm and I think they make some with hoodies on them, but I'm sick of buying clothes where it's like, I got always got to get them tailored. I might, you know, lady that tailors is she's like almost dead. So I'm at a point where I got to like find stuff where I don't need to pay double to get it tailored up. Yeah, I would I would like um, any sort of overshirt to be more athletic based, right? Even dress shirts. I have a problem with dress shirts because you get a dress shirt that's big enough for your chest and your shoulders. Yeah, and you got to fold it seventeen times to get it to fit in your fucking waistline. That drives me nuts. Oh, I found a good company. Uh, I got to give them some props. Tailored Athlete makes really good dress clothes. Okay, Tailored fit. Athlete. Yep, stretch fabric doesn't stain and it's uh tapered. And fits the shoulders and, you know, accents your goods if you got the goods, so. Well, there you go. Maybe they make a flannel. No, they don't. Damn it. They strictly do dress clothes. That's why I've been like, I, I Google athletic foot panels and I don't get anything that's even decent. Interesting. Well, man, so, we're, we'll work on that business idea. So, yeah, any of the listeners got a suggestion, <clears throat> toss it in. Um, Social media. This one, um, I, you know, I think... I'll, there's a there's a big divide here between people whose life is driven by social media and people who don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um 
fuck, I haven't been on social media in two weeks. Oh, really? Two, two and a half weeks, man. I just, I, the, the best thing that ever happened was, was getting the new phone and then switching the social media phone, leaving all the social media on, on a separate phone. Yeah. Not putting it on my phone um, because you don't, you don't get stuck, right? I even, I had to delete the YouTube app. Delete off of YouTube my regular app? phone. Yeah, I had to delete the YouTube app. If, I, if I want to watch a YouTube video, mm-hmm. I have to actually go to Google, type in the video, and find it on YouTube. Really? Yes. Why were you getting sucked into YouTube? Or what? Yeah, because they got the fucking shorts, man. It's the same as TikTok. It's the same as the IG Reels. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you, you watch one video, and then the next one pops up, and you, all of a sudden a half an hour has passed, and you haven't learned a fucking thing. <laughs> so I deleted the fucking YouTube app off my phone. Yeah. <laughs> but... Social media. So, so the, the psycho, the psychology behind, um, self-manipulation on social media, this one is, this one's interesting because there's a lot of people, um, and, and maybe you're not this, but there's a lot of people who either, I guess, um, magnify their personality traits because they're on social media. Um, and they, you know, they would never go out and yell this shit in the middle of a bunch of people, but they feel very comfortable yelling it on their their facebook feed or their or their instagram or whatever you know warriors uh yeah keyboard warriors exactly um and it's 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 with all with all shit right it doesn't matter what it is it's you you, keyboard warrior generally you you know you're thinking of the person that's like the fucking mom's basement that's you know talking shit but really this is this is everything this is political beliefs this is you know your your nutrition that you're following, you know, twenty percent of the time, but those are the only pictures that you post are the pictures of your healthy dinners. You know, you don't post the fucking donut that you ate this morning for breakfast. Whatever it is, it's 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 your magnification of what you're actually of the life that you're actually living. What um, what is the food post? What what does that fucking do? It's a weird thing, man. It's it's it, why do people got to post all the shit they eat? I don't know. I don't know. What, I mean, I fucking I send out status. I don't know. I what send out Snapchats it? of shit that I cook. That seems like like that's a pride thing, right? I'm proud of this thing that I cooked. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I've ever I guess if if you're sending out this, you know, fancy ass dinner that you're that you're that is sitting in front of you and you take a picture of it and you and you send it out or you put it on your social media, are you is it a bragging thing, right? You're bragging yeah. that you're that you've got this, you know, awesome steak in front of you with these vegetables and this glass of wine. It's like, look at me, look what I'm doing. And I think I've been victim to that before. I don't know. I mean, if, if some dude posts a big picture of a tomahawk steak, be like, damn. You know? I mean, not many people get tomahawks and just kind of fun to see them, I guess. But when when somebody's posting, like, you know, I've seen ones with, like, paper plates and, look, I made this quinoa, whatever, goofball salad and, you know, dumped it on my paper plate. And then the next day, it's like, well, today I'm eating eggs with, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it's just like, holy crap. You got to post everything you eat. Well, there's a weird thing that people do with oversharing, right? Yeah. Um, so the psychology behind self-manipulation or, or not necessarily being true to yourself on social media. Um, social comparison theory. People often compare themselves to others on social media. This can lead to the desire to present an idealized version of oneself that appears more attractive, more successful, or more exciting than their actual life. This, di- <clears throat> this desire to measure up to others can lead to a lack of authenticity. Um, the weird thing is here too, is, is there's a lack of self-reflection because you are not able to realize that you're also only consuming everyone else's highlight reel. So you are, you're 
you know, faking who you are, but you're also comparing yourself to a bunch of other fakes. Yeah. God, that's true. It's a weird fucked up thing that happens. Um, validation and self-esteem. A lot of people seek val- validation or positive feedback on social media, right? It's the, it's the, how many, how many likes did that picture get? How many, how many clicks, how many comments, how, you know, who, who commented on that? Oh my God. You know, the, the cute guy from the, from the gym liked my butt pic. Well, yeah, he also liked 75 other butt pics in the 10 minutes he was on the shit house, <laughs> but, um, you're only realizing the one that he liked of yours. Yeah, I noticed that with females. They they have a ton of followers. <laughs> it's like every selfie pic that they post, oh, you got all these dudes that boom, smacking likes all over the place. Well, right, and, and you're hot, like, you're beautiful, right? <laughs> show show bobs and vagine. Um, no, it's this it's this weird fucking thing that happens. Like if you had a bunch of friends, right, and they were like friends in real life, and every time you saw them, they were like, well. Tch- Come on, turn around. Let me see your ass so I can so it makes yeah. sense for me to be here. Right? How fucking weird would that be? It'd be like, hey, you're wearing too many clothes today. I'm not really interested in hanging out with you. Right? But yeah. on social media, that's okay. It's okay to have five thousand followers that literally only follow you to see your fucking gym ass pick or your, you know, low cut V neck tits popping out pick. Yeah. How fucking weird is that? Like if 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 something is happening, like take your social media life, right? And take whatever your social media life is, and then take that life and put that life on your real life. Would it be normal or would it be really fucking weird? (laughs) Right? Would be weird. I mean, some of them I see that use the uh, filters. Like, oh, shit. Every picture they share is a selfie with a filter. I'm like, oh. Or the people that go around and argue with every political post. If you were in (laughs) real life and you went up to somebody and you're like, hey, what do you think about welfare? And they were like, well, I think welfare is probably needed in a, t- in a just society. And then you yelled at them. You didn't listen to them. You just yelled at them over and over. How fucking weird would that be? Yeah. But you'll do it online. Oh, that's such a waste of time. Um, likes, comments, shares, blah, blah, blah. Um, impression management. Social media provides a platform for impression management where people curate their online image to create a favorable impression. People may present themselves as more confident, happy, or accomplished than they actually feel in reality. Isn't that the fucking truth? Just to try to create a fake persona that is cooler than you actually are. That is what we're we're going to see a separation. Have you ever seen the, uh, oh, what's the movie about the virtual reality with the kids that live in the virtual reality? Um, Come on. How am I forgetting this? Tron? <laughs> no, no, no. It's newer than that. It it came from a book. Um, It's all based in the 80s. Player One or something? Yeah, yeah. Ready Player One. Sorry. So I haven't seen that one. You told me about it. So it's really, it's it's good, man. It's, it's, the book is even way better, right? Whenever you have a movie and there's a book. But um, yeah. that would be one that you could watch with Brandon and he would enjoy also. Yeah. Um, but it's also good for, you know, you would see it and, you, and it, a lot of cool things happen with the separation of reality and virtual reality. Yeah. But that's what we're going to see as virtual reality becomes more real and more real and more real. Yeah. We're going to see a separation between people who are doing things, living things, feeling things, enjoying things in real life. And then people are doing those things in virtual reality. And those two worlds are going to slowly separate. Right. Yeah, that's true. And there's even going to be, there's going to be platforms for, People to right. I'm going to be able to go pay the money or drive the race car 
I will have cameras. I will have um, the neural implant or some way where you can get all the feeling that I'm getting for doing the thing. And I'm going to be able to take that and upload it and sell it to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who want to relive what I just did, but in virtual reality. Yeah. Instead of just going and doing it themselves. Or cliff jumping or, you know, the dark side. Everything is driven by money and sex. You know, I will be able to go out and have sex with the most beautiful women in the world because I would actually be somebody, you know, not me per se, but me, the rhetorical me that I'm using here, would be able to have enough game to get these women interested in me and they would also want to sleep with me, whereas these fucking dorks that are living online would be able to go and pay for the experience that I had and feel what I felt and see what I saw over and over and over again and beat their little meat in their mom's basement. I'd rather have them do that than, you know, hunt down little kids. Yeah, I, I, Stay I, in their agree. Basement. I agree. I mean, there's going to be a, there's going to be a world for, there's going to be a world for that where it's not actually hurting anyone. How weird is that yeah. going to be? No kidding. Is that going to be weird? Like yeah. there's already child sex dolls. How fucked up is that? But That's... if it, borderline criminal it is it is but what if what if that saves five kids in the world from actually being i don't know <clears throat> whoever buys them you probably want to save that list and uh put down as a watch list or yeah something. no shit yeah. um so so on social media i mean what is what is considered i mean i don't want to say the word acceptable but how do you how do you critique how people are posting it's like when I see posts of people sharing, let's say, once-in-a-lifetime, like, experiences, right? Yep. A lot of times I look and it's like, oh, man, awesome. Good for them, right? So, or, like, when I, when I post, I don't, I post few and far between. Let's see, my latest, my last one, I hadn't posted in a while, was uh, I just took my kid to his first uh, NBA game, right? Okay. And he was just excited. So I was like, oh, you know, that's, <clears throat> I want to share that, you know, excitement with, you know, the people that follow and, uh, you know, people want to keep up on what we're doing. So oh. what, what's the question? The question is what is, what, where's that breaking point where it's, uh, you're posting because of status or trying to impress, right? That impression management I saw, I think I was just looking yep. at yep. impression versus, Hey, you're just sharing because it's genuine, right? It's wholesome. I believe that's the self-reflection when you can self-reflect and find your intent. What is your true intent of that share? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your true intent of that share wasn't to say, hey, look, I'm at an NBA game. You're not, right? Like it wasn't to show off that you were in an NBA game. It was your true intention of your depth there was as a proud father taking your kid to his first NBA game. And for the people that know you and your son to be like, oh, look, that's cool to experience his first game. Yeah. Right? And so it, it, it comes down to your intention. Yeah. Now, if you're constantly only sharing the, you know, the top 5% of what you're doing, yeah. then, you, then you have to start self-reflecting and being like, oh, am I only sharing this because it is my highlight reel? Yeah. So I think Very that it, a lot of it comes to the self-reflection. Um. Comparative happiness, people often showcase and highlights of their of their social media, um, leading to the distorted perception of others' happiness and success. 
Um, that one is, it's kind of what we were just talking about. If you're only sharing your highlight reel, everybody else thinks you're always doing the awesome, most awesome shit because our brains don't think about the fact that over the past, you know, right. How many hours are in a week? How many hours? What I keep thinking work hours and then. Yeah, no, I, there's like 268 hours in a week. Does that sound right? That doesn't seem right. 24, uh, 24 times seven. 168 hours. 168. So I was two, I, 268. I was a hundred, I was a hundred off. Um, wish it was 268. Right. So, so 168 hours in a week. Okay. Let's yep. say you post, I mean, let's say you're, you're, let's say you're a big poster and you post twice a day. Okay. So you post two pictures a day over seven days. That's 14 pictures. Let's say each of those pictures, you know, whatever you were doing was a 20 minute thing. Whether it's this amazing food that you're eating or this, you know, this, this, this deadlift that you did or whatever it is. So 20 minutes times 14, that's 280 minutes, right? 280 minutes divided by hours mm-hmm. is, you know, it'd be six hours, right? Approximately six, seven hours. Yeah. So out of 168 hours, twice a day posting is really only seven of those 168 hours. Our brains do not realize that that person that had that amazing seven hours out of 168 had a boring as fuck other 161 hours or even a shitty other 161 hours or a depressed 161 hours. Our brains do not realize or even correlate the fact that someone that posts twice a day for an entire week is really only showing you at max seven hours of their life. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that makes sense. Data-wise, yeah. Um, online anonymity and disinhibition. This one's a big fuck. This, this one's the one that I was talking about with, like, would you go out and just yell at people about their beliefs? You know? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But if you're online, it's anonymous, or you're online and, and your, inhib- your inhibitions aren't necessarily the same because you can't get smacked in your fucking face for talking like a dumbass, That's right? That's W's, man. Um, the anonymity provided by social media can lead to disinhibition, where individuals feel less accountable for their actions and more likely to engage in behaviors that may not align with their offline or their real-life personalities. This can result in inauthentic online behavior. This one is, that's a big one, Right. We see that one on, on social media all the time. You know, what, however you're acting, you wouldn't act that way in real life. Yeah. Maybe it's their true self waiting to get out. I don't know. I think, I think it's a megaphoned portion of themselves, right? Like, uh, you know, like, like the dudes that, that literally comment on every, you know, gym butt pick, right? Are, would they walk up to every girl would, after she's done doing squats and being like, hey, ass looks great. Fuck no. <laughs> That's true. Hiding behind that keyboard. Yep. Curation of identity. Social, social media allows you individual, individuals to create and present different aspects of their identity. While this can be a form of self-expression, it also can lead to a fragmented or superficial representation of oneself. That's what I think we're talking about with you. Like, maybe that is them trying to get out. It's part of them. But they're exaggerating that part because of the anonymity and inhibition of being online. Gosh, that's scary. That could be related to what? Online dating? Yeah, online online dangerous. Online dating is a weird fucking thing, right? Because there are I I can see where there are benefits to being able to fish in a lot bigger pool to find the people that fit you better. But yeah. the only way that you find the people that fit you better is if you're being true 
to who you are. Right. And if you're, if you're, if instead of being true to who you are, you're manipulating what's out there and changing who you are to get more attraction, right? To, to bat out of your league. Yeah. Then all you're doing is having a much better chance of finding somebody who doesn't fit. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think online dating might be good for like creating introductions, but man, you don't really, sometimes you don't get to know people until they're a couple years in, right? Or get through, you know, four know. seasons I, with them. I read people pretty fucking good. I usually can tell exactly who somebody is more than they know who they are within the first hour of talking. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Usually, I have to go by the four seasons rule. I get through four seasons and see how they behave in the different, you know, through the holidays and stuff. Then kind of then can form oh, like an overall uh, summary of the of the person. Well, so what I would say is what you are experiencing with the four season rule is you are experiencing the, uh, so, you know, there's, there's new love that is, that is lust and attraction when you don't know who someone is and you are purely attracted to them and you can ignore any faults or you don't even realize faults until you get past that. And it has to evolve into forever love. Yeah. And so many new loves never evolve into forever love. And that's just reality. And I think that's probably more of what you're experiencing rather than necessarily getting to know someone you are, your guard is, is not your guard. Your realizations are becoming more natural and you are able to see things that were there the whole time but you were just ignoring them because you had the new novelty and um, butterflies, the honeymoon. Yes. The honeymoon phase for lack of a better term. Um, Pressure to conform the desire to fit in or gain social approval can push individuals to conform to online trends, ideals, or narratives. That one is fucking huge, man. You, you know, and I know that I have, I haven't necessarily been full victim to that, but I will see something that is becoming a kind of a, an ideal that is, that is spreading online. And I'll start to, th- it takes me a second where I pull myself out and I, and I go, do you agree with this? Or are you just thinking this because that's what a ton of other people are thinking? Yeah. And that one takes a minute. That's not an instant, like see something and then just all of a sudden start to second guess it. Like there's a lot of times where I'll see something kind of adopt it. And then hear myself say it and go, oh, wait, hold on. I don't know if you necessarily feel this or if you're just repeating it or saying it because you read it or heard it. Yeah. Taking that extra second. Taking that extra, you know, and the sometimes process. that extra second is a week or two. Yeah. In all reality. Um, how can you recognize and, um, I guess, be more true to yourself in social media? This one you know, the first, the first step to every, to every, all of this, you know, realizing is self-reflection. Um, so in this case, you need to reflect on your social media activity, like go to your page and look back at what the last, you know, five weeks have been worth of posting. And what does your post look like? Try to really look at it from an outsider's point of view, not you knowing where you were at mentally and emotionally at the time that you posted that, but look at it from the outsider's point of view. What are, what are you putting out there? How does that look? Yeah. Um, what kind of content are you sharing? Are, are you sharing stuff that aligns with your values? 
if your last 30 posts on your Facebook are literally your ass in a mirror or for a dude, I don't know what your car, right? Mm-hmm. Is that all you are? Yeah. Is that all you are is, is your, is your car? Is that all you are is your watch? Is that all you are is the money you spend? Is that all you are is your ass and tits? Yeah. Does that align with your values? Does that align with how, how you want people to see you and the type of people that you want to draw in? You know, how many, how many girls do you think out there literally only post their gym selfies and then bitch about the type of guys that they're, that they're bringing in, the type of guys that they're talking to? It's like, fuck, what do you expect? You expect somebody to find depth in your gym selfie? Yeah. It ain't fucking happening. <laughs> What's the last book you read? Post, post me the last book you read. Good fucking luck. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and with the self-reflection is identify unauthentic patterns. Um, do you find yourself posting content primarily for likes and validation? Um, are you following trends and engaging activities that you don't really interest you? Or are you being authentically you? Yeah. Um, here's one like with the self-reflection with your, with your basketball game. Examine your motives. Ask yourself truly why you posted that. If your attention was just to share the moment with family and friends, then that's a beautiful, that's what social media is for. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I had to reflect on it before I put it on. I was just like, damn, you know, how, how a game like that can excite a little kid. I guess to me, it's like I've been to them before, so it's like, I don't know, but just to see how excited and lit up your kid is. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing that I don't necessarily enjoy about the current modern day, um, I guess ideals is Mm -hmm. professional sports. I don't, I'm not really super happy with the amount of time, the amount of money, the amount of emotion that we invest in this. Like these people are, they're playing fucking sports. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that that is their life. Like, man, when people ask me, like, oh, you like the Packers? I'm like, I don't know. They're fine. Like, what? well, who do you like? I'm like, I just don't really watch football. Oh, my God. The looks that I get from dudes when you're like, yeah, I don't really watch sports. <laughs> yeah. I would just, I would rather just, like, go do it or play a sport or go have fun Yeah. rather than sit around and watch it or fantasy sports. That's even worse. How'd your fantasy team do this weekend? I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I know what fantasy sports are, but when you start talking about, like, your players getting points, I'm out. Like, I tap out. I'll walk away from a conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the fun of fantasy sports. It's just that, you know, I mean, I, I coached football with a guy this year that basically, you know, 48 years old, and you can't have an in-depth conversation unless it's completely wrapped around sports or, you know, the highlight of his week is showing the rest of the coaching staff uh, how high he scored in his fantasy football. I'm like, dude. This, you have, there's nothing productive. There's no return on that investment in your life, especially at your age. So, but it's for kids, I think it's just uh, the experience of being at the sporting event and seeing these, you know, seven foot athletes, you know, standing next to them is just something they don't get to see every day. No, I, I agree. I just, I worry that, that on a portion of those kids, because of how, because of how we put that on a pedestal, because we, yeah. how, how we idolize that when they're that young, they become that 48 year old man who cannot have any other in-depth conversation because they buried themselves into that. And that's what I worry about. Yeah. I worry about that with, with kids idolizing, you know, the, the, the Lamborghini on the corner and they see that and that becomes like 
the coolest thing to them and they build it up to like, this is something they want. And I worry about that. I worry about that with professional sports. I worry about that with supercars. I worry about that with jewelry. I worry about that with like the idealized body image. Like I worry about all of that because what is that? What, what type of a lesson is that teaching our kids? Yeah. I mean, the acceleration to maturity is hundred percent based on, uh, on parenting. You know, because my, my kids went through, my older kids went through a phase where they thought that stuff was cool. But if you keep impressing upon them, and the number one thing is to set an example in your life of your priorities. Yeah. If you set that, the kids see that, and it, and it stamps a deep impression into their life as to how how quick it is for them to get out of that mindset where materialism doesn't make doesn't make much sense to them, right? Um, you know, sports is, it's nice. It's a nice, you know, nice getaway for guys for a couple hours sometimes to, you know, watch a game or something and just enjoy the, the moment, but it's not a top priority in life. It's not something you want to invest everything in. So I guess what it comes down to, right. Is as an adult, like make sure you're balanced. Yeah. Like make sure that, yes, if you're spending, you know, what's a football game take like three fucking hours, right. To watch. Yeah. So if you're spending three three hours, you know, most weeks during the football season, um, watching a football game, are you also investing three hours, six hours, nine hours, 10 hours into other shit that is furthering your life? Or is that literally like the only thing that you're doing is spending time watching football? So I guess it it comes down to balance. Yeah. I mean, I like, I love tailgating because it's a opportunity where guess what? You're just, you're kicking and kicking back and catching up with people. The other portion, even going to this Bucks game, is you know I went with uh, yeah, a yeah friend that we knew. Yeah, and that's fun. Like yeah, that, it's uh, like that, you're, that, you're catching up, and it's like yeah, spending some quality time. And that's what I tell people. They're like, you don't watch sports. I'm like, I'll if like if people invite us over to like watch a game, I'll go over because I'm hanging out with people and enjoying like the camaraderie and the 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 human connection. Yeah, but I'm not going because of the fucking game. Yeah, that's just the common. That's the common theme. That's the reason that people had you over. Right. Right. Like, if your team loses and all of a sudden you're, like, down for the whole week, guess what? Your priorities are off. Yeah, no shit. It's like, it's just a game. It has no bearing on your on your checking account as no, unless you spent thousands of dollars on tickets. But um, but even if you spent thousands of dollars on tickets, you still got the experience. It may not have been the experience you hoped for, but you were still at that fucking game. Yeah. If you exactly. spent $1,000 on a ticket for the next game that they then don't play because you lost, then that's different. Right. But they, that doesn't even work. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, disconnect and observe, man, take a break from social media. Even if it's just for a short period, this can help you gain, gain a perspective on your online behavior. And, you know, first of all, that one's not just going to gain a perspective on what you're doing online, but how much time you're spending online. Yeah. Um, it's your personal resume on there. I mean, I like the comment you made that, you know what? Take some time to self-reflect and doing that on social media is actually scrolling back to your old posts. Because I've scrolled back to some of my old, my old posts and I deleted them because I'm like, gosh, man, you look like a stupid idiot posting that. <laughs> and I just like deleted it. I'm like, that's one of the dumbest posts I've ever seen. And it might have might have been a two-year-old, three-year-old post. But yeah. I'm like, good Lord, what, else was I, what was I thinking? Compare your online to your offline life. Um that's a big one. Are there significant discrepancies between how you present yourself on social media and how you are in real life? You know, I don't do much for my personal social media, but as far as the kind of urban savage social media, I think that I 
put out exactly what I feel and exactly what I think. And I am, I stand behind that a hundred percent online and offline. If you come and talk to me at the gym or you, or you, or I work with you and you talk to me, I'm telling you the same things. I'm trying to help you with the same things. Like that is me that is trying to do that. I feel like I'm, I feel like I do a really good job at, at trying to be as authentic in both places as I can. be. Um, question your content choices. Um, what are you, what are you doing when you're consuming social media? Right? Like go through and you look at, you ever go through and you're like, why do I follow these fucking people? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'll do that with, um, I'll do that sometimes with people that you're like, like they reached out to you and talked to you. And so you started following them, mm-hmm. you know, because you were like, you're returning the follow and you're like being nice. But then you're like, wait, fucking what? Have I even paid attention to the last five posts this person has had? No. Yeah. Unfollow. Um, share your vulnerabilities. Uh, that one's, that one's an interesting one. The minute that you are able to be truly vulnerable and, and show people that you also fuck up and you make mistakes and you are human, um, you can be negative. You do fail. All of a sudden you become a real person and you're not just sharing your highlight reel. Authentic connections, um, prioritize building authentic relationships on social media, engage with people who appreciate and respect your true self rather than those who require you to be someone you are not that one. Read that again. Listen to that again. Engage with people who appreciate and respect your true self rather than those who require you to be someone that you're not. Think about that with dating, not even online, just dating in real life. If you have to fake who you are for someone to be interested in you, they are always going to be interested in someone that is not you. It's a good way of putting it, but man, I think so many people are falling trapped to that. Set boundaries. Establish boundaries for your social media use. Decide what you're comfortable sharing and what you'd like to keep private. This can help you maintain authenticity while safeguarding your personal life. Uh, Be selective about your followers and followees. If you make one bitchy comment on a post that I make, bitch, your ass is getting blocked. I do not fuck around with negative shit. Like, I will block you before I even know what you meant about a comment. I, I will accidentally block you because you might have said something that didn't, you didn't even mean to be negative, but it came out as negative. Fuck that. I do not what, have What time if it's for that. constructive criticism? What? What if it's constructive criticism? That's not negative. Constructive criticism is, ne- is never negative. What if you take constructive criticism as negative? Well, I'm, I don't. Yeah. So I can't say there's people <laughs> that probably do. Yeah. Right. So, so what, what is constructive criticism versus just criticism? If I put an idea out there and they come and I get a comment that says, you know what the fuck you're talking about. That's just <laughs> that's criticism. Not yeah, that's... If, if I put an idea out there and somebody says, well, yeah, maybe, but what about this second thought? Oh shit. Then that's a real conversation yeah. that we can have. You don't get blocked for that. All right. Yeah. If they comment, you're a douchebag. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'd take that as a negative. I can be a douchebag. I'll admit that <laughs> we all can be. Um, Realign your online persona. Gradually make changes to realign your online persona with your authentic self. This may involve cleaning up old content, updating your bio, and revising your post habits. Um, excuse me. That one. That one takes time. And if you are, you know, if you have self-reflected and you figured out that you are not in line with who you are, then it's just slowly changing it. I mean, I guess you could start over if you wanted to but there's probably a lot of shit on there that is in align with who you are. Yeah. Just not all of it. 
See, as you change, you can always go back and delete them, right? That's right. That's your online personal resume, basically. I will leave in like 20 minutes anyway. So, um, we really did not even get halfway into what I wanted to even get to today. So we're an hour and eight in. So I think we're going to cut this right now. And this is going to be a multi-part episode. This might end up being a three or four part episode. If you listen to this and you're like, this is the dumbest fucking thing you guys have ever done. Please don't do three or four more parts. Please email me before we do three more parts. I mean, if a few people tell me that I'll probably listen. If one of you assholes out there tells me that I'm probably not going to listen, but, uh, you got anything else to add for the day? No, I think it's solid. Solid stuff. All right, that's a wrap. 